It's Mike Matthews. Here. Mike's Daily Podcast. Thank you for, uh, thank you for joining. Mike's Daily Podcast. That's what I wanted to say. Thank you for joining me on Mike's Daily Podcast. How long will this last? Oh, I don't know. Probably as long as I live. Not this podcast in particular. No, maybe something else. Did you ever... Uh, find a sieve Mike's Daily Podcast or use the word sieve in a song that would be interesting it might even be wrong Mike's I'm done rhyming Daily sorry about that Podcast went a little longer with the rhyming than I wanted to I just what I wanted to tell you is it's episode 2675-2675 I had a podcast that I brought to you yesterday. See, it's a daily podcast. Sometimes, usually, when I get interrupted, occasionally. The last one was called Dustly. And that was because, well, I don't know, I was feeling a little Shakespeare-y with my words, Dustly. But it was with my lovely lady friend and I in the podcast picture, which you can see at mikesdailypodcast.com. We had a wonderful time there at the Sonol Regional Wilderness. They also call it Little Yosemite. That was about a week ago we went there. So nice to stick my feet in the Alameda Creek and you're not supposed to stick your feet in the Alameda Alameda Creek because it kills frogs. There's a very sensitive uh, eco, not so, um, it's a fragile, eco-fragile system and you might kill off the frog. If you put your feet in the river, in the creek. Of course, they don't have any signs saying that when you're actually at the creek. It's not until you get to the visitor center that they mention that to you. So they're hoping you stop there first. Ah. So I, I don't feel really guilty for sticking my feet in the creek. It just happened. And here's today's podcast picture. The wonderful Patches the Cat. He made himself known to us. Two years ago, 2021, we had lost Basil in 2020. Uh, he had passed away, and this cat started coming around. And by actually by late 2020, we were seeing this cat. Oh, Basil would have scared him away. Would have barked at him. Told him, "Get out of here! I'm a dog. I'm gonna chase after you, cat." And. We just started leaving food out for him. And there were like two other cats that used to come around. One guy, big black cat, we called him Orson, as in Orson Welles. And he was interesting because I'd go to pet him. And all of a sudden, he, he, you know, he was liking it. He was liking it. He was purring. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the paw just out of nowhere, like his fat, lightning fast, smacks me on the hand. And I go, ow. Okay. So I pet him a little bit more. I look at my hand. It's bleeding. There's like these five little pinpricks in my hand, just gushing blood because of this cat, this crazy cat Orson. Well, Orson disappeared, not not because of me being angry and my hand was mauled, but because, I don't know, we lost another cat that way, Rodler. I was about to, I, I was going to post a picture of Rodler. The News Bleed Section. I still really feel sad about him. He was given to us by someone who said, Look, this cat 
is he's going to be put to sleep. Can you watch him? Can you take care of him? We've done the the, the thing. News random. The uh, humane thing where we have uh, spayed him, neutered him. Actually, wait. You neuter the dog. You spay the cat, the female cat. Wait. You neuter. You know how it goes. So this cat was fixed. Is what we used to say. And so can you? Wa- he just had the surgery. He needs to stay in a cage for about two weeks. You can keep him outside because that's where he's used to being. So we fed him. Two weeks goes by. He sneaked out of the cage when my lovely lady friend was feeding him and disappeared, but then came back that night and was super friendly, was letting him pet him. And he became our like our pet. He was our pet. Which is a very good thing. And we would feed him and he would come into the house and sleep on the bed at night and he was so nice so kind so fun which is a very very good thing but then just vanished february of 2022 just disappeared uh actually march it was shortly after my mom passed away so it was wow what do we do wow and i was still hurt but all all through that patches kept coming around we think patches might have been responsible like Patches is like, yeah, don't ask, I don't tell. The Micropedia Insanica. But that's a cute little picture of Patches. Actually, around the time we had Rodler, and he's crawling through this cool little purple tube, which we still have, and he likes to play with. So he's hanging in there, and I'm always worried because he's an outdoor cat that he's going to just disappear one of these days. And that that is really, every expert will tell you, don't leave cats outside don't let them become outdoor cats they kill birds beautiful little songbirds beautiful birds of color little that fly around and make beautiful noises and chirps near your window in the morning they kill those that's a nightmare of a show oh they also kill the rats thank you because that can be a problem dropping their little poops everywhere the the rats but the birds and, and oh actually uh, the patches has been known to kill a bug or two, so that's pretty cool. But the whole killing birds ain't cool, and he does that, and cats do that, and it's a threat to the birds, and the beautiful birds, and the songbirds, and the people that love birds are are mad at cats. Yo, the so, the ultimate plan is to try and wean patches off the outside, off off the outdoors. And have him become more and more of an indoor cat. He spent about four hours indoors last night. So I think he's on a good trajectory. We'll see. But Rodler disappeared. About a year ago, we got the cat Rocky the cat. And he's still with us. And he's doing great. I posted a picture with him recently at mikesdailypodcast.com. But yeah, he when Rocky goes outside, he has a harness on and a really long leash. And from the moment... We got him. We got him trained on the harness. So he knows when he goes outside, he's he's uh, he's tethered and he doesn't seem to mind. He's gotten out of the uh, harness a couple times and he snuck out a couple of times, but has returned to us. Sometimes after like six, seven hours, he's returned to us. And those are some very worrying, nerve wracking hours as we go outside a cafe anyway. 
where we bring you Mike's Daily Podcast somewhere in Podcastro Valley. Ten, the last place on earth. So I was reminded about the song Gypsy by Fleetwood Mac. I never really thought about, about it too much. There is a lot of deep meaning inside that song. It's actually about a backup singer. That, or was she a backup singer? I think that somehow that's that's what's registering in my brain. But she was really... And I had no idea. So many songs that you know of, if you listen particularly to classic rock or adult contemporary stations in the 70s and 80s, Stevie Nicks had a tremendous influence on a lot of music. Now, starting off with Gypsy... There is the uh, the the song "You'll Be a Gypsy." Uh huh. Dun 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 dun. The gypsy stabs her manes. Everybody, make some noise! Ah! Bringing to you live from Podcaster Valley Mont, Mike's. Daily Podcast! It comes and goes. It comes and goes. But some of those choruses on that album that, uh, uh, I think it was called Mirage, that Fleetwood Mac did. Very tricky. Now, okay, so she had lost a good friend. And the, the, the good friend, I think she died of cancer, this friend. So she felt so sad she commiserated with the widow of this of this friend that passed away. Commiserated so much that they got married. And then the marriage didn't last that long. Well, all of that turmoil is wrapped up in that song Gypsy by Fleetwood Mac. And I got that pr- from Professor the Professor of Rock on YouTube. Fascinating. Some of the I try not to watch his videos too much because I know I'm going to watch the whole thing. I'm just going to get sucked into it. I'm going to wa- want to buy his glasses. He's always, you know, saying, hawking his glasses. Buy my glasses. My wonderful glasses. My lenses. Oh, I look so good in them. But I love his stories. I love how when he, after he tells the whole story of the song and, and all the instrumentation and why it was created and, and what that point in history was. And maybe he'll even throw in a little bit of an interview with that artist. He talks about how that song really affected him. Usually, if we're talking about songs from the 80s, he was just a kid then. And it usually involves going to buy a cassette and driving with his dad to the record store to get the cassette. That, that's gone. That's gone, everybody. Nobody's driving to record stores to buy cassettes. If you ever come to my house, in fact, the last podcast, there was a quick, I I like to play these quick little sweepers. I call them sweepers. Maybe they're annoying. Maybe that's why nobody listens to the podcast, but I throw them in just to distract you, just to throw in a little something, a minor, uh, uh, just a pepper. We pepper the podcast with it. And there's one that's a, that says Mike's Cassette Cubbyhole. And you can actually find that on the website, mikesdailypodcast.com. If you click right there where it says home, 
Cubbyhole. You'll see Cubbyhole down at the bottom of the list. Click there and you'll actually get to go to all the cassette type things. Like later on in this podcast, I'm going to feature uh, Let's Go Back with Matthews featuring cassette type stuff. Mike Scavenger Hunt. So the other interesting thing is that Lindsey Buckingham with that song Gypsy, he and Stevie were on the outs. They were good friends. They had created, they were lovers. They had created the, uh, the Buckingham Knicks group for a while. And then they were discovered by Fleetwood Mac. And that whole rumors when that album came out was a huge success. And so Lindsay had a stormy relationship with Stevie and uh, because uh, Stevie was also having an affair with Mick Fleetwood. So making Mirage was a difficult album and there was a lot of animosity going on. But Lindsay admits that his work on that song is some of the best work that he thinks he's ever done. Like when he hears that cool little guitar riff at the end, he's like, wow, I, that, I don't know where that came from. I pulled that out of nowhere. Live and loco. So it's amazing what animosity in times, tough times will make us do, will help us do. And one other thing I'd like to bring up, and that is, do you remember not too long ago, I was thinking about 2021 when I got this podcast picture that you can see at mikesdailypodcast.com and and the whole and we're outside a cafe anyway somewhere in Podcastro Valley to the last place on earth I was thinking about just not that long ago we forget about we've come a long way and I know a lot of people are catching COVID now and I hope I don't catch it myself, but my lovely lady friend's um, cousin has it currently. She's in Texas and she's just getting over it. And she is, she said it was a doozy, uh, lots of coughing, headaches, fever, just not no fun at all. So I do not want this particular strain of it, but it wasn't that long ago. Who knows, it may happen again, I doubt it, with what we've been through. And how the country is like, ah, we're never going to get locked down again. That was horrible. The government shouldn't lock us down. And all that hoo-ha. But (laughs) hoorah. So there was a time when we didn't go see live performances during COVID. Because, of course, we didn't want to be inside of a room locked with a bunch of other people passing around COVID, supposedly, wearing our masks for two hours watching a performance. Now we do it again. But so when to keep these places that you go to see concerts and shows and musicals at now because they survived. <laughs> oh, yeah. To yeah. stay alive during COVID, they had to do virtual events. Now think about that. Did you go to any of these virtual events? If you did, it was probably out of a sense of charity to try and keep that particular venue afloat. What's the cliche of the week? 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 But sitting there on a Zoom call, watching someone play the piano or sing or a concert, it's just so... I. I Ugh, I mean, who's to say it could all happen again at some point? What's the cliche of the week? What's the cliche of the week? 
other one and Niederlander or whatever. I think Niederlander was down in Santa Barbara. And all these other, and they're making all this money off of you just to see someone up there singing. And they're like, oh, wow. They're like five blocks away from me. I can barely see them. Oh, but there's a big screen. I can see them on the big screen that's behind them. Well, cool. I could have just sat at home and gone to a YouTube video of this and watched it on the screen as well. It's the same experience without all the money and all the traffic and all of that and dealing with people that are singing louder than the person on stage singing. So I'm not a fan of concerts anyway, cafe anyway, but to think that that's how we used to do it, the virtual events, ugh, not a fan. But that was, you go back and, I don't know, check, check, uh, how could you, maybe check some newspaper ads or newspaper stories. Look who's coming to town. Oh, they're not actually coming to town. They're only coming to town virtually. Watch this virtual event. Oh yeah, and people were paying for the virtual events, by the way, to sit there on their computer to watch the, but that's all we had because we were locked in, in stores. It was, it was an escape of some sort. Ah, it just befuddles me. I guess I've said enough about that topic. The other interesting thing though, so we've, we've moved past that. We're now going to venues. We're now going back to Vegas. How did Vegas survive? I guess they, did Nevada have uh, less strict laws? Were people more allowed to just walk around? Supposedly they had masks on. I don't remember hearing Vegas being shut down. But I did hear about this. That robots are pouring drinks in Vegas. The bar inside Planet Hollywood on the Las Vegas Strip has two robots that serve customers drinks. The tipsy robot, that's what it's called, opened a second location on the Strip this year. Walk any direction in Las Vegas and it's easy to find machines doing human work. Check-in kiosks have replaced people at the front desk at hotels. Text bots now make restaurant recommendations instead of a concierge. Robots can serve food and behind the bar, machines are pouring drinks. Mike ripped someone a new one. Studies show that between 38% to 65% of jobs there will be automated by 2035 in a little over 10 years. That's, uh, I would say, 65% of jobs. That means 65% of the labor force is going to be out of work. Companies look to technology to uh, reduce labor costs and fill positions that go unwanted. This according to Rob Black. I produce his podcast, The Rob Black Show. He covers all kinds of interesting business stuff. He's on TV, on Cron, on the radio, on AM 1220 KDOW in the Bay Area. And at both of those stream as well. So Taylor Swift, we were talking about last podcast about how her concert is ending her concert tour and that that is basically like somebody turned off the water of money turned off the faucet of money that was being poured into the US economy because of her 
concert tour was just like hotels were getting super dollars, super dollars. They were getting super rates, top rates, the the kind of rates you would never pay for. Mike's Daily Podcast Master Pod Theater. The one that Kaylee Cuoco advertises. It used to be William Shatner, but now it's Kelly Cuoco. And what's going on with her hair? Was she blonde? What is she now? I don't know. But there, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm paying this much to go see a concert that I can just watch on a screen. I'm paying this much to stay at a hotel. So hotels were at full capacity, making way more money than they would with like even the Super Bowl. They're making more money than that or like the Olympics. Mike's absolutely useless review. Matthews News. So she has sidestepped Hollywood Studios with her movie. Her U.S. tour, uh, let's see, generated something like $4.6 billion in total consumer spending, larger than the GDP of 35 countries. In an unprecedented move for Hollywood, AMC is releasing. And remember AMC? They were on the ropes. During COVID And then that thing happened Where the the um, What is that called? The, I re- Reddit <laughs> I was thinking of um, I was going to say Reader It's Reddit You know that website called Reader Glasses? So Reddit there were a bunch of people on there that were stock trader type, Dave trader type people. And they're like, oh, all these big old fogies with their big money. They're predicting the end of GameStop and AMC and saying that they're going to disappear now. AMC because of COVID. GameStop because a lot of people were getting their games through the internet anyway. Uh, you know, why don't we tell those old fogies with all that money where to stick it, where it don't shine, and to just do this thing where we can manipulate the market in mass if we all buy the stock or we all do this at the same time. I'm not sure exactly how it worked. So AMC stock suddenly went from really nothing to an incredible amount. It was really expensive per share. And I don't know where it sits now, but it they've survived. And here we go. We got Taylor Swift working with them. In an unprecedented move for Hollywood, AMC is releasing Taylor Swift's Eras Tour on its own. That's right. Hollywood. Since you and I were born and beyond that, had they were the ones supplying the movies to the theaters. Now, AMC's like, no, we're the theaters. We got the, the venues. We're going to do this. So they're going to, October 13th, they're going to be releasing Taylor Swift's Eras Tour. Taylor's family cut out the middlemen, like Disney and Universal. They went straight to AMC. Swift's got some very, very smart parents. I met her mom years ago, to 2006, in Ventura, right there along the promenade. Right by the fairgrounds, we had a little uh, thing with the radio station, Kehei. Where we had a, a stage set up and we wanted to feature some new artists. So each of our stations, 
contributed somebody, we got a hold of someone. Hey, you're new. Would you like to perform live for us? Uh, we don't, it doesn't pay anything, but you'll get the word out. And Taylor Swift showed up. And she sang uh, her song, Teardrops on My Guitar, and her song, Tim McGraw. And there was maybe 20 people out there watching her. But I was there helping out behind the scenes. And I hung out with her mom for a while, talking while Taylor performed. And very nice lady. Um, so her dad, I, I somehow involved with the financial industry. I think he works at a worked at a bank or had a bank or something like that. So they're very smart people, this family. So they decided to cut out the middlemen. They went straight to AMC and the ticketing is unconventional. There is a single fixed price for adults. And check out what the fixed price is. 1989. Yes, $19.89. Now, I have not been to a movie in a while. Mike is not going to pay that much to see a movie. Sorry. I don't know how much they are. I think to see Barbie, we were looking at tickets of something like over 20 bucks. And if you want to rent it to watch it online, it's like 24 bucks. I'm like, what's what's going on? This is crazy. So, $19.89, but that's the arbitrary amount she picked. It's not so arbitrary because she wanted it to replicate her birth year. And the album that did really well for her that was called 1989. Mike, it's It fascinates me that she was born in the 80s. Mikey Fikey Great. Because she she's so young, but yet she is quite a bit older now. And so I think, you know, the, the people that love her are really young. And now the people that were originally following her, they have kids. So they're bringing their kids. It's fascinating to know that Taylor Swift has been around that long. But children and senior, I mean, her career has been going for quite a while. Now, for children and seniors, and I don't know if I qualify as a senior. In some states, I am a senior in my mid-50s here. But it'll be $13.13. 13 $13.13. And that is Taylor Swift's favorite number twice. AMC is promoting collectible popcorn tubs. You'll be able to buy those for $14.99. Or you can buy a cup for $11.99. The movie has become the highest advance sales and has it has beat Spider-Man No Way Home. I remember everybody wanting to see that. Wasn't that the one with the is that the multiverse thing where you see all the other guys that played Spider-Man? 43% of the box office revenue will go to the other theaters showing the movie. 43% so they're going to get almost half and the remaining 57% will be shared between the Swifts and AMC. In comparison, Marvel's distributor, Disney, they get, Disney just gets right off the top, 70% of the opening weekend box office earnings. So what was the last Marvel movie that came out? Was that, was there a Thor thing? There was a Thor thing, wasn't there? Or not the Flash. That's DC. Gosh, I don't even remember what the last was. It the, was it Doctor Strange? Maybe it was another Spider-Man. I know there was Into the Spider-Verse, but that's not Marvel. That's I think that's Sony, isn't it? Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Well, anyway, 
cafe anyway, they Disney just automatically gets 70% of the movie's opening before anybody else gets anything. So Hollywood is mad. But you know what? It's about dang time. Thank you, Taylor, for disrupting. We need more disruptors like you. I, I'm looking right at you, Olivia, what's your name? You, to, to do it. <laughs> you could be the one to, not Olivia Wilde, although she's directing movies now, isn't she? Directing TV shows and, and movies and such. Uh, but, okay. Well, I don't remember who I'm talking about, but let's go on to the last thing. And that is the Hollywood walkouts have wiped out $5 billion from California's economy. Oh, boo-hoo. But yeah, I don't really notice it here in California. I know get a, I know the gas prices are going up. And I know that's because, thank you, we have all our fees that we have on our gas prices before we even have everything else affecting us. Taxes for infrastructure and all that stuff. But yes, so that's what's happening happening here. And it might be time to plan a Euro trip. Several European airlines have started discounting flights now that the summer demand has died down. Round trip flights between the US and London are available for around $300. Gosh, I, I need to get out. I need to get out of California for a little while. Um, it what I think fall Officially starts next week I think it's on Thursday or Friday It is the Autumnal Equinox That will begin Where we have Both uh, the same amount of Daylight as we do night And then sometime In November we do the fallback Thing Airbnb and Blackstone Are joining The S&P 500 Index Airbnb is not having the best of years as far as a lot of local governments or little local cities, you know, local uh, peoples, the politicians. They're trying to, there are a lot, there's a, a wave of politicians that are like, hey, Airbnb, you can't have these crazy parties. You can't have all these people just showing up at someone's house. The landlord needs to be more involved. There's got to be some more oversight going on. So we'll see what happens there. Hey, did I mention that that was the last thing I was going to talk about? Okay. But this one last thing flew in my face and I have to tell you. Michigan is proving to be a mission critical for the aerospace industry. This from the Aerospace Industry Association of Michigan. They sent me this email which is mikesdailypodcast.com, by the way, if you want to send me something. Um, Aerospace leaders from across the nation gathered in downtown Detroit last week to discuss the future of aerospace. They had their second annual Aero One Summit hosted by the Aerospace Industry Association of Michigan. Top space defense and aerospace suppliers and thought leaders. I want to be a thought leader. That sounds cool. I want to be a thought leader. Well, they gathered to network and discuss current and future opportunities in aerospace. Leaders from global tier one OEMs, such as Airbus, Boeing, Eaton, Woodward, and Pratt & Whitney 
freely shared their strategies, outlooks, and supply chain challenges and educated suppliers on their procurement strategies. That's fascinating. That's all going on in Detroit. Thinking about the future of flight. Attendees gained insight on how to solve problems they may face today and also discovered innovative concepts that may direct the industry's future. Such topics included electrification, the space economy, digital engineering, leveraging space resources, partnering with tier ones, sustainability, advanced air mobility, and transitioning from auto to aero. Wait, does that mean flying cars? Jetson! I don't know. Could be all that. Fascinating. Thank you very much. Michigan, Detroit. Look at that. Wouldn't that be interesting if they're the leader in the space race? We're outside a cafe anyway, somewhere in Podcastro Valley, the last place on Earth. Podcastro Valley 10. Look who's here. Hello, McMathews. It's Jolene Stewart, tip shop supervisor. I made a snow globe just in time for Oktoberfest, McMathews. Ah, yes, Oktoberfest. I was talking to my um, cousin. I was trying to think of the word cousin. In German, I think they say cousin. But she's my German cousin. And we talk sometimes on Instagram. And she said to me, I asked her, why do the Germans celebrate Oktoberfest in September? And she said, because we want an extra month to celebrate this big, long, wonderful party. And that's how Germans are. They like to party. So she is partying to Oktoberfest now. Why not get an early start on it and have some delicious... uh, I could go for a ginger beer right now. Do we have any ginger beer here at Cafe anyway? No. Mike Matthews, hey, we were like talking and all of a sudden you went on a tangent. Thank you so much, Mike Matthews. I have a snow globe that's in honor of Oktoberfest. And I have some ginger beer, but it's only for myself, Mike Matthews. Oh, man. So what you're saying is go to your gift shop if people would like to purchase a Shelly Shoehart snow globe. No, Mike Matthews, I didn't say that at all, but I got to go. Okay, I, I must have misread. Look who else is here. Oh, Mike, this is Floyd the Floorman. And this is John Deere, the engineer. Yes, Oktoberfest is a lot of fun. And the aerospace industry is huge in Detroit. Wow, not just for cars anymore. We learned a lot today on today's podcast. But you know what time it is time for now. Let's Let's go go back back with with Matthew. Matthew. Wow, that's wow. It's pretty interesting. Yes, once upon a time, we were in the radio world very big on taking calls <laughs> will you shut up liberty nation freedom foam for all it was before all this oh give send me an email with your or comment on the social media that i'm on or any of that stuff text me what you want to hear it was the only way was call this number 800 da 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 by the way you can call me now at 510 510- Two two eight four six four zero. That's five one zero two two eight four six four zero. But back in the day, when we used to take callers, and people were interested in, hey, if I the only way if you wanted to hear a song on demand was you'd call the DJ. Nowadays, you can access your different apps, your Spotify or whatever, and that can get you the song 
or like YouTube will have the song for you on the ready. But here we were about 20 years ago and I was doing this request show called the Kehei Santa Fe Cafe in Ventura County on Kehei. And I had this little moment here. I'd like to share that with you now as we go back 20 years ago. And here is a little bit of the Kehei Santa Fe Cafe. Dog! It is Dwight Yoko by 100.7 KHAY at the Kehei Santa Fe Cafe. Now Carolyn Don Johnson with One Day Closer to You. I'm Matt Michaels, the KH Cafe question. What is the craziest Friday that you ever had? I think this one could probably go in the record books. Matt, the craziest Friday I ever had was the Friday before I got married to Marge. No way. Yeah, tell him about it, Marge. Oh, I don't remember. I was completely drunk. Oh. Oh. Well, I don't really remember it either. Well, that's an interesting story. I'm sure I can catch all the details on Fox. Sir, on the phone, make sure to go out on a date this Labor Day weekend, okay? Oh, I will. <laughs> Good. A, you deserve it. You should go out. Oh, I will. <laughs> Leanne Rhymes, The Light in Your Eyes, KJY. So I guess the shake on top of the In-N-Out burger in Ventura, the one uh, off of Harbor at 7.30 today caught fire. It caught fire, the, the shake. So it took a three engine companies and one truck company to come and put it out. So there you go. Those, those shakes, they're hot. They're so hot. Okay. Uh, sorry. That's Alan Jackson. And coming up, we got Patty Lovis, Travis Tritt, Chasey Bird. Oh, my gosh. It's a little after 1030. That means Pillis's latest CD, where she is actually remaking the hits of her dad, Mel Tillis. It's called Tillis Sings Tillis. Or actually, it's called It's All Relative. But you can win it right now on this Tillis Sings Tillis weekend. 650 KJY. In today's world, there are many different car companies. Our contestant is Tubby from T.O. Tubby, let's look at the quiz wall and pick a topic from our three panels. Panel one says Tommy Shane Steiner's Little Shiner. Panel two says the Oak Ridge Boys Toys. Panel three says Reba's Amoeba. How about panel uh, three? Reba's Amoeba. Tubby, when Reba's Greatest Hits 3 CD came out, it was her first album since 1995 to debut at number one on the charts. The name of that album was A Starting Over. This is the album from 1995, right? That um, from 1995, the the CD that last debuted at number one was it A Starting Over, B Forever Love, or C Read My Mind? Read my mind. Um. In 1995. I'm gonna say number two. Forever love. Yeah. Oh. No. Stay on the line, Tubby. Six five zero. Okay, he can try and steal the prize from Tubby, but if you get it wrong, she gets the prize. Tubby Chevrolet is truck country. Join. Ariane from Camryo gonna try and steal the prize from Tubby in Thousand Oaks. Ariane, the choices were starting over, forever love, or read my mind. Ariane. 
Well, she had told me it was read my mind. That was actually wrong as well. The answer is yeah. starting over by default. That means you get the prize. Oh, that's I definitely mean, cool. Starting over was the name of the um, you get the prize by default, Tubby. Oh, good. I have Reba's autograph. Oh, my gosh. Can <laughs> I see it sometime? Oh, yeah. I'll show it to you. Miller Lite. Miller Time. Track four. KGY and George Strait. We heard just ahead of that Sarah Evans with I Keep Looking. Travis Trick coming up. Dixie Chicks. Hattie Loveless. Tracy Bird is next. Get the latest concert updates on the web at KA.com. Oh, you're finally here, John Deere, the engineer. Oh, that one seems to be the problem. Well, for one thing, it is hotter than crazy. It's hot as hot in here. And can you fix the air conditioning? Yeah, man, I can fix it. I can cool it down for you right now. Really? Yeah. Okay. What are you doing with that hose? I'm wet now, but much cooler. Thank you. You're a genius. You're a ge- Come back here. I want to hug you, John Deere Engineer. Oh, my gosh. You know, sir, make sure to go out on a date this Labor Day weekend. Oh, I will. <laughs> Good. That was John Deere, the engineer, 20 years ago. John Deere, you sound almost the same. Yeah, I kind of do, don't I? That's fascinating, Mike. Why don't you go back a little bit further in time, maybe like 30 years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was before I met you, maybe. But I knew you before I met you, I think, in a Savage Garden sort of way. But if we go back to 1990, almost the 80s, uh, we have a little bit of this moment that that happened. Another Aerosmith song, number 38, that's Genius Got a Gun. And pretty soon we're gonna go and check in with Dane Knight. He's gonna be uh, doing the party patrol and we're gonna find out what's going on out there this New Year's Eve. Right now, Technotronic Pump Up the Jam comes in number 35 on Most Music 197. I learned a lot about that song watching that Chunk documentary on Netflix. Was it Chunk? The World According to Chunk? Some Most Music 197, let's check in now with Day Night, the party patrol dude. How's it going, Day? Oh, I'm having such a good time on this New Year's Eve. How about you, man? You having a good time? Oh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm having a blastorama. You know what I'm doing, Mike? What are you doing? I'm taking, it's called the Day Night Party Patrol, and I'm going from party to party to party tonight uh-huh. in disguise. I'm going in my own car. I'm not even taking the urban assault vehicle like we usually do. Uh-huh. And I'm going to walk into these parties. They're not even going to know who I am. I'm going to have cassettes in my jacket. Uh-huh. I'm just going to hand them out. It's, just, it's as simple as that. Oh, wow. And, and you won't know. Day night. Incognito. I'm in the back bedroom right now of this party because it is uh-huh. so loud. I couldn't even hear myself. Uh-huh. And there's probably other reasons. But anyway, Dane. <laughs> She's getting dressed. Stop Dane. it. Stop it. Mike, yeah. I'm, I'll be Stop it. With you. I'll be checking in with you uh, a, a couple more times tonight because it is the day night party patrol and it's going strong. Wow. There's a lot to unpack there, as they say on NPR all the time. Yes, day night. I wonder what happened to him. He wasn't really... That was not very cool <laughs> to have him say that. All the, he just said it. It was live radio, everybody. And that's the point of all this. Live radio, crazy things happened. Day night, I don't know if he served any time in jail or what was going on there. But he apparently had a lot of cassettes 
and cassettes were still big. And Paul Young had his cover of Oh Girl. Paul Young, look him up. He was the guy that had the song Every Time You Go Away, another song that he did not write. That was a Daryl Hall song. He had a song, Why Don't You Come Back, Please Hurry. I don't know if he did that one, but then he did all these covers. Oh Girl by the Shy Lights. Later on, he did What Becomes of the Brokenhearted. Yeah, Paul Young was, he's still around. What a voice. So there you go, a little bit. I don't know if the rest of this is is as embarrassing as that last one. Let's just see. Oh my gosh. The bottom of the chart. Pretty good songs that never made it on the radio because people didn't think they were worth it. But you know what? They come back up and people start playing them. And it's like, oh, where'd that come from? And at number 33, from the movie Ghost, this is The Righteous Brothers. Ghost. Remember how big that was in 1997 to Mike Matthews on the top 97 of 1990. That was Poison, the unskinny bop at number 32. They're playing down in Long Beach tonight and Chubby D is at the concert and I'm awful envious. Coming up for number 31, we've got a song by Lou Graham from the group Foreigner and 197 wants to let you know that if you did send us a postcard with your top five songs of 1990, be listening tonight after the number one song when we will announce... The winner of a CD boombox from Most Music, Y97. The compact... Seven of Mike Matthews on the top 97 of 1990. Alias was at number 30. Phil Collins, Another Day in Paradise at number 29. Right now, Billy Idol from the flop film Fort Fairlane. This is Rock the Cradle of Love at number 28 on Y97. That was the last big hit for Billy Idol. The Cradle of Love. What are you doing for New Year's tonight? Nothing really. I'm hanging out with my friends. Oh, okay. Just sort of a mellow type of thing, ringing in the New Year. 1991. What did you do in 1990? <laughs> I don't know. Nothing really. Most Music 197. Yes, they made their paw proud. That's Nelson, the twin big hit with love and affection. At number 26, Vogue by Madonna came in at number 27 and Billy Idol number 28. Coming up we've got a song by Janet Jackson that hits at number 25 and it's a song about coming back to uh, her. Whatever that meant. The compact Come back to me I'm begging you please That's pretty much the end of the podcast. I am going to throw this one little thing from, it says 1988 on it and I don't know this bit of cassette so many cassettes on this podcast today. But let's see a little bit of this. Oh, I'm sorry. Edit, 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 cut, 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 cut. I think I'm being chased there because I had recorded a friend of ours with a cassette recorder in 1988. And they did not want to be recorded. Well, there they are. 
running and chasing after me. 30 years later. Wow, 1988. 35 years ago? While I do the math, here's Ariel taking us out. Mike's Daily Podcast is written and produced and performed by Mike Matthews. His podcast is super easy to find. Download or listen to his show and read his blog at mikesdailypodcast.com. Email Mike now at mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com. See you tomorrow. Bye.